0: All right. Before we get to the show today, uh, Tate and I are currently recording this after Duke just lost in overtime on their home court. Um, so here's what happened: We recorded the podcast tonight because there was a scheduling situation with the studios tomorrow. We usually do it on Tuesday mornings for the Tuesday show. Um, so we figured we would just knock it out tonight. Uh, and as we were as we were talking on the podcast, we were even like kind of commenting, Tate. We were saying, "Oh, Duke's playing. They're up. I mean, you guys are you guys are about to hear it." Um, And then Duke loses, and uh, the number one team in the country just lost on their home court. We have to talk about it, but we've already done a full pod. Like Pretty much the second we got done on the podcast, I walked downstairs, turned on the TV, and there's like two minutes left in that Duke game. So uh, we we are throwing our Duke thoughts, our Duke-Syracuse thoughts, we're putting them at the end of this podcast. So we're still going to talk about it, but if you're listening and you're confused as to why we're not talking about what is the story of college basketball on Monday night, Tuesday morning, Um, that is why. So we will get to it. Uh, it's just going to be tacked on at the end. A little overtime, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse won an overtime, right? Yeah,
1: it's fitting. Yeah. It's fitting uh, to have an overtime segment here for uh, for the end of this one. And I will say, I mean, I'm not sure, but this may make Zion's not top 10. We'll keep our mm. eyes peeled. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I can't wait to to get to these 10 minutes. So let's do it. All right.
0: So here, here, is, here is the normal podcast. And then uh, check out overtime. We'll talk about Duke. Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey Hoops fans, did you see this? Did you hear about this? Mm. There is a woman in a parking lot in a Walmart in Wichita Falls, Texas, home of Ohio State quarterback legend JT Barrett, who was arrested for driving around in a cart at 6.30 a.m. Tate drinking wine out of a Pringles can. It happened. She do you think she listens to the pod and she was trying to she said, You guys talk too much about Cheese It. Let's let's focus on the Pringles side of things here.
1: Or she's going green, you know, multi-use can, you know, make, make it work go. for both. Get your snack, get your drink in afterwards. I don't blame her. Not bad.
0: This is this is exciting times for one shiny podcast. Uh Tate and I are have, are famously on Team Cheese It. We've complained about the cans for uh in Pringles. We love Pringles. Tate, you still like Pringles. I have complained about the cans. I like the chips. Not not always been the biggest fan of the cans, but I didn't realize that you could drink wine out of the cans. Now I might have to switch my allegiances. I might be Team Pringles. But uh, the rest of you listening, you can decide which team you're on, and you still have time. Because if you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars, with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach, Pringles and Cheez-Its are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at celebritycrunchclassic.com. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. We are also brought to you by uh, me again. I'm going to to replug this, Tate. The, uh, uh, we're doing the big beer thing at Land Grant Brewery. Everyone listening in Columbus, Ohio. We have a little bit of a following in Columbus, do we not? We did a live show there. People showed up.
1: Right, we saw, yeah. yes, we were um, there. Kyle was there, yes.
0: Uh, come watch the undefeated Michigan Wolverines, who currently are 17 and 0. What could possibly best start in school history, Tate? What could possibly go wrong with Michigan? Um, come watch them play the Ohio State Buckeyes at Land Grant Brewing. We will be tapping the Club Trillion Amber Ale, the first keg ever. All the money we raise will be going to the Club Trillion Foundation. We are starting a scholarship for walk on basketball players. It's a great idea, if I may say so. It's a great cause. We are we are we are literally dropping the bag as a podcast Tate, is the plan. We are going to to make walk on whole. So uh if you live in Columbus and you want to help out and be a part of that or if you just want to drink beer and hang out with me. Um that's where I'll be. Uh today we are doing good guy, bad guy, Kyle guys, other guys that come up. Tate is uh are you dead Tate? Are we doing back could we if we're doing a bad guy and bad guy, can we do back guy? Are you the back guy Is <laughs> yeah. your back broken?
1: Do you have a back guy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get a back guy. I sent it to you earlier. That's one of my notes for today. I uh, apparently have Scooter bronze back guy is going to fix my back. I don't know what that necessarily means, but you can obviously probably infer from that that uh, Tommy Alter was involved at some level. Uh, but regardless, <laughs> regardless, uh, yeah, a back guy will be discussed on this podcast. And, and I also want to go back to the Cheez-It point. I mean, is it bad PR to have your can used that way? Is this like a Wendy's Chili situation? Is this like the cheez Its brand trying to get it out ahead no. of it, you know? I think it's actually might be good PR. You know what I mean? If people are just using cans in multiple ways, that's good.
0: Listen, you flex your journalism degree on this podcast from time to time. Allow me to flex my marketing degree that I received from uh, the Fisher School of Business. This is great PR. In fact, we had a class uh, at Ohio State where we talked about this, where if your business is struggling, just have some drunk chick in Texas drive around in a cart in the parking lot <laughs> drinking wine out of your product and everyone will love it so are you uh, saying all news is remove. good
1: news is that is that what you yeah. is that the marketing degree is that what, that's what they say on your actual degree at the end uh, that's good no Perfect. such thing
0: as bad publicity tate um let's get into it let's do the podcast we have a lot to talk about uh let's let's not talk about uh women in texas parking lots when there's basketball to get to
1: but first woody Durham.
0: All right, we are recording this on a Monday evening here in Columbus, Ohio. Tate, the the weather in Columbus is very, very cold. It is uh, there's a lot of snow on the ground here in Columbus, but the action is heating up in college basketball. Um, I, I always timestamp the podcast because I think it's important for people to know. Like the the I was watching the IU game; they're down nine nothing to start. Uh, at, they're they're hosting Nebraska. They are currently down 26-11. to 11. Um, Also, Duke is up 11 nothing against Syracuse. So, hot starts for the Orange <laughs> and the Hoosiers today. Um, but yeah, so if, if something wild happens, if Syracuse comes back and, and I don't know, and something crazy it makes a happens run. in that game.
1: Something crazy yeah. happens. Yeah, I'm watching it and as you well. I just have it in front of me. Zion's back. His eye's okay. So, that's good news. We, we are witnessing that live uh, and in person. But obviously, live coverage is not what makes this podcast great. Uh, coming up with stupid, uh, nicknames and monikers for people is what makes it great. And we do good guys, we do bad guys, we do bad guys, we do Kyle's guy, we do Kyle's guy, we do Kyle guy. There's so many guys, bad guys, whatever it is, kind of guys. Uh, there was a lot that happened this weekend, Mark Titus. I have been basically immobile, so I've been able to watch all the basketball. And uh, and That's I'm not good. saying that to brag. You know what I mean. I'm just saying that because it's actually fact. So I actually have some thoughts for once. Uh, so sitting well, here that... watching all of these all of these games, uh, I I am very excited for our segment, our our, our main segment this week because I have well, a good guy get... that I that I believe in and a bad guy I believe in. So many guys I believe in, honestly.
0: Can we just can we just get into it then? Because I I think your immobility uh leads perfectly into my good guy of the week, mm. um, which. I think you know where I'm going with this. It is a man who also was suffering a physical ailment as he was watching the North Carolina Tar Heels get absolutely destroyed at home by the Louisville Cardinals. This man is named Roy Williams Tate, and not only did he suffer the worst loss, the worst home loss in his tenure at North Carolina, he had the audacity to do the Coach K Urban Meyer move and get dizzy on the sidelines and, and kind of collapse. And then in the press conference, he's like, oh, that's nothing. It's 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 something that happens from time to time. And try to downplay it. Try to deflect. But at the same time, like if you want to talk about it, let's talk about that. Instead of how my team got its ass kicked. Um, Tate, defend your boy.
1: Why, well, does, why does this only ever this. happen
0: when you're getting your ass kicked? Why isn't Roy Williams... Why when Carolina's <laughs> up 35, you never see Roy Williams collapsing on the sideline. Explain that. What's What's the medicine behind that, Mr. Doctor?
1: I'm not sure because I again I'm not a doctor, but I will say this uh, coming from a medical uh, you know outlook on these sorts of things. I did not watch that game, and you know the rule of this: if I didn't watch the game, then it never happened. <laughs> so I, so I'm not so I'm not really sure what actually occurred in that game. I woke up around noon. Uh, I was debilitated. at That so I guess I, I will contradict myself from the start. The one game I didn't watch was the Louisville North Carolina game. Uh, oh, I have wow, no need to watch. Crazy it. coincidence. I yeah. So that was it was uh, it was shocking to me. Honestly, I, I can't even give too many uh, comments on that as a good guy. But I will say this. I saw uh, they do this with the Roy Williams radio show before they tweet out like a picture like, you know, it's Tuesday night. They'll have like a, a picture of him on the sideline. And it's after a win, you know, it's like him giving a fist pump or, you know, like high-fiving, you know, Leaky Black coming to the bench or something. But the one that they put out this week, he just looks uh, drained and upset as if, please don't call and ask about lineups. You know, please don't call into the radio show and ask me why. <laughs> Nazir Little is not starting uh, because that is exactly what this week will be for roy williams i mean it it, it sort of reminded me what? uh my parents my parents were at the game they said that uh you know they were at that game of course the will statement but they said that it it was like the florida state game in 2012 and they lost by 33 but that game was on the road uh they just got hit in the mouth early and we talked about this carolina was, that the, it's like, what was that the yeah, game was that the game was
0: that florida state game the one where they where roy took the team off points. the floor and let the walk-ons let the walk-ons exactly. get trampled. They got mufasa by the by the.
1: <laughs> it was a ho- it was a hostile environment. But, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulled him pulled him off the court early. Uh, yeah, so I think it's one of those situations. That I'll look on the other side of this. If you're Chris Mack and you're a Louisville fan, and uh, we went to Louisville, we did a show there. We, we are big fans of the town of Louisville. Uh, th- great for them, you know. That's that's a good start to the ACC. It's a good start for like you know the new era post Rick Patino. It's a nice win. Louisville has always had Carolina's number a little bit uh, just historically when they've since they've joined the ACC, so that may have something to do with it, but overall Roy Williams, yes, he is a total good guy, and I don't know what the answer is because Carolina is a team of good guys they're just nice guys, they just get hit mm. in the mouth, and then they're like, okay, well I guess you guys are winning today, yada 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 yeah, yada, move on you know what I mean, that's just kind of how they are this year
0: I, I'll, I'll never let Mike Rutherford, uh, I'll never forgive him for le- letting us get on stage at Louisville and make fun of how shitty this Louisville team is going to be this year and he just kind of like let us dig our own graves up on stage. And as it turns out, Louisville is actually pretty good. This is his fault. The blood is on your hands, Mike. Um, you had the opportunity to step in and be like, "Well, I don't know. We might actually not be that bad." Because we were making joke after joke um, about how Chris Mack. I like my. I think I said like Chris Mack is. Is he, he's going to look at his roster for the first time and then look at his wife and be like, "Are you sure you're from Louisville? Are you sure we can't go back to Xavier?" And um, <laughs> yes, I was saying these things on stage in Louisville. Damn it! And now, now look at him unbelievable. It's okay. They um, were
1: laughing with us. They thought that we were all yeah, they on the were. right side of this, but th- that's good news. We're, I mean, I think it just shows that Chris Mack is a good coach. So, return of the Mack. That's all it does. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, exactly. we're proud of Chris Mack.
0: We're, so, we're, real quick, and we'll move on. I don't want to belabor the Carolina Sucks <laughs> thing, although I'm sure people listening really, really would like us to. Um, Where do you stand on Nasir Little? Because it's like it's kind of a meme at this point with Carolina, where like if you if you don't watch anything and you just pop in, you're just like, wow, this is ridiculous that Nasir Little's not playing. But then on the other hand, like people that do watch are like, I don't know, man, he kind of fucks up a lot and is kind of lost out there. But then other people are like, well, the reason he's lost is because he's forcing it because he never starts and doesn't get the playing time. So when he does get in, he's trying to force everything and do it all at once. Um, Where where do you stand on everything? with that
1: I will tell you this I you know how you can't have two quarterbacks uh that that's the thing mm-hmm. that they say you can't have two quarterback you can't have two big threes Carolina has two big threes they have a big <laughs> three of C is this, they have they Is have this a big bill th- th- Simmons a big- like is this the Simmons Celtics thing
0: where it's like we're too we're too loaded and that's we got, the problem we too much talent
1: yeah you know what I mean uh, we got we got seniors we got three seniors you got cam johnson kitty williams luke may you got those three guys that are supposed to be the best three players on the team and i'm doing quotations with my hands like dr evil uh at this point the, those are the best players on the team and then you got the three freshmen which are kobe white leaky black and azir little which i think are a different caliber of athlete a different caliber of basketball player like the traditional type of north carolina basketball player that we have brought in before the ncaa cloud you know kind of you know, made made Roy go from mm-hmm. five stars to four stars, basically. So you got these three-star guys that are the seniors, that are the leaders, that are the, you know, one's a transfer, one's a guy that committed to VCU, and then came Lane, Kenny Williams. And one guy, people think he was a walk-on, even though he wasn't, Luke May. So it's a split team, and when you watch them play, the three of those guys play with each other, and the other three guys, when they finally get on the court together, play with each other. And that just causes problems, obviously, and it's obviously a, a big difference between the freshman and the senior seniors themselves and you talked about nazir little i think the problem really is that a guy like leaky black doesn't play more leaky black can do everything he's six seven play point guard play the four play the five smart basketball player high iq has a little bit of a chippiness to him he's like talk some shit i mean obviously it came back to bite him against michigan he said something to you know charles matthews i think he called him the the uh the not so nice b word uh we'll say snitch and then you know charles matthews decided mm. to dunk all over him after that but Carolina has to have somebody with a little bit of uh, an attitude. I mean, Kobe has that, but he's not as vocal about it. So it, it, when you look at the team, it's like you got the three leaders that are seniors that aren't the best players on the team but are acting like they're the best players. And you got the freshmen who are frustrated by that. And then you got Roy Williams passing out on the sideline. And uh, that's a that's a recipe for uh, not-so-great things.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, it so, is. So it's, that's kind of uh, where been... it is. And I—, and I I don't, I'm yeah. not, the sky is not falling. You know, I think a lot of people are, are freaking out like the sky you're a March is falling. Team. But, uh, you've said this, you've been yeah, on record as yeah. saying
0: you're a March team and you're fine.
1: What yeah. month is it? It's January. So there's time to grow right. and there's time to, it's time to get better. So uh, I'm not freaking out about it as far as like being a Carolina fan, but it, objectively as a reporter watching Carolina, you have to take them out of that top like echelon of teams where I thought at one time they were going to be in that top five teams to talk about to make a run for the title. I think right now you got to put pause on that.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
0: th- I would say after getting your ass kicked by 20 on your home court, you probably should put pause on that. Yes. I would put agree pause. With that statement.
1: Yeah. Put some <laughs> pause there.
0: <laughs> Who's your good guy of the week? Good
1: good guy of the week for me. Uh, it's going to be Mike White of the Florida Gators. Ooh. Interesting. One and two. Yeah, I watched this game. Uh, this is one and two an SEC play. They played uh, Tennessee. That was uh, we're going to get into. We need to talk about just uh, there was a bunch of stuff that happened in that game, uh, including a gator chomp at the crowd at the end, which was, uh, you know, got mm-hmm. people all up in arms talking about sportsmanship. But uh, Mike White, I, the reason I give him this is uh, he had one of my favorite quotes because we do the you got to make shots. You know, that is a Mark Titus a maximum in life. He said after this game, we've got to make layups which is, uh, mm. I think, an even, better, an even better maxim. I haven't heard that. I mean, they, they do miss a lot of layups. They, uh, they, they just aren't very physical around the basket. You can tell they get push, pushed off the block pretty easily. And uh, Mike White after the game is just basically like, I don't really know what to do. Uh, I knew from game one, he said, I knew, I knew from, he said, I knew from game one, we'd have some problems. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lack of offensive aggressiveness, you know, with our team. Uh, when we get fouled, we just can't finish. Uh, I mean, they shot like 28% from the field uh, in the second half and just we're completely out of it. Kind of just got hit in the mouth a little bit. So, uh, you know, the fact that he just said that I was concerned after game one and you talk about, you know, that Florida state game early in the year, kind of got our eyes uh, raised a little bit about where they were as a team. I guess it just seems like Mike White is struggling to find his footing with this with this uh, with this Florida team and then you know it, it's just a very good guy move to just be like I don't really know, <laughs> you know I'm not yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure I, I, I want to figure it out but I'm not really sure what's going on here so uh, it's been a rough week guys for I'm them, doing the best and, I can <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying just make some layups I mean come on um, finish at the rim
0: Mike White uh, will Mike White coach at Duke at any point in his life
1: Absolutely. If Kevin White has his way, so. Kevin White, Mike White's dad is the athletic director mm-hmm. at Duke. And as much as uh, I joke about coach K being the reason why Duke gets all the coverage, it's all Kevin White. Kevin White is a mastermind. He is, uh, he is working the boards. He is basically the wizard of Oz, the wizard of Durham. So, uh, you know, if, if you think about Mike White and you think about Kevin White, that's a, that's a match made in heaven. That's father, son. I love father, son duos. You know, we got a lot of those in basketball, did, college basketball, especially.
0: Yeah we need florida to get good again. Uh I was talking to, I was watching that game with a buddy of mine um and he kind of he, he he pops in and out. He he watches more college basketball than Kyle, but he's kind of along those lines just kind of like pops in and out of stuff. Um <laughs> and he uh he made the point he, like he's Florida Florida didn't play terribly in this game. It was a pretty close game up until the end, but uh he he said something like college ba- he he did the thing where he's like college basketball's better when Florida's good. And then I started thinking about it more. I was like, I don't know about Florida, but I think the SEC as a whole needs at least one or two more programs to be consistently great. I think that was the appeal of Florida going to all those Elite Eights and obviously they won back to back titles with Billy Donovan. Um, but then yeah, they went to those handful of Elite Eights before he left. Uh the appeal was like you have Kentucky, you have Florida, and like they're always these these pillars of the SEC. And right now the way the SEC is constructed is there's always like these other good teams. Um there always seems to be one or two other teams that get into the top 10 at some point during the season if it's not Kentucky. I mean this year Kentucky's not the best team obviously it's Tennessee. Uh but hopefully like Rick Barnes is that guy or uh uh, uh Bruce Pearl's the guy at Auburn we're like Auburn and Tennessee and <laughs> Kentucky and like these are the these are the three teams that are going to be great in the SEC every year and that'd be awesome to get Florida back. That's what the SEC really needs. Is you need um you need one of those you need like an you need Kentucky to be the Goliath and then you need an obvious challenger right there with them that's consistent year after year after year not like we have a good team this year then we're going to go away for 4 years then we're going to come back and be good again um yeah that's my thoughts on that so get, well we know all, that all, all that is, is to that say team. get better Florida be better <laughs> get
1: better yeah. Be better, Florida. Uh, and speaking of the team that's going to be the the challenger, I guess the team that's probably going to be challenged is Tennessee. And that's the team that walked off the court in Schofield, Admiral Schofield, a uh, beloved person in this program, uh, a player that we saw in person. Uh, we were at that game in Phoenix when he uh, took on Gonzaga and became a star. But he goes off the floor in this one. He does the Gator chomp. Uh, you know, he was, he was talking after the game and they asked him about <laughs> why because, you know, this, and Titus, you know, you and I are on Twitter and see all this stuff. So people are going crazy about sports they're like it's one thing to be uh, one of the best teams in the country, but you got to be classy. You know, we're getting all that stuff. Stay coming out after this Game, stay classy. You know what I mean? Like you're you just you just playing a basketball game. But Schofield after the game, which was the uh, which was the crazy part. So they asked him after the game about them walking off doing the gator Chomp. He said that there was some comments that were being made that he cannot repeat uh, behind the bench. He said mm-hmm. it wasn't from students; it was from older alumni, uh, and they were saying some not so nice things. Um, and mm-hmm. you know. Then then I saw this story and it said uh, there was a Florida man that said he was going to kill him with kindness and then he named his machete kindness. So maybe that maybe <laughs> that was something that, that that had to do with that. I don't know. Uh, but they were obviously saying something behind the bench to uh, to the Tennessee team and that's why they did that. Schofield was like, we are, you know, we're not sore losers or sore winners. We're not, you know, trying to do that. But when you say something to us, we're going to clap back and that's just who we are. We're a tough team. Yada yada yada. So I'm on the side of Tennessee. I don't mind the Gator chop, I think it's all in good fun. Oh. Oh, of course where not. do you stand Mark Titus? Do you think that's fine because people are upset? I saw a bunch of our journalist friends are very upset that they did this.
0: Yeah, uh I'm cool with it. Um I think you know, I was I was on the receiving end. I was Keep I was jumping. a victim in this Tate. Uh Baker Mayfield planted a flag on Ohio State's field and I had to as, mm. as an alum, I had to sit there and watch that happen and it disgusted me to my core. Uh no, I mean, it was the same sort of thing. It's just like it, we all know the deal. Um, you if if we don't want to, that to happen, we should kick your ass and not let you beat us on a home court. And uh, it's it's fair play. I don't I don't have a problem with it. And also, but I I will say like I, I it's not I don't, I believe Schofield. I, I very much believe Schofield. Um, so what I'm about to say has nothing to do with uh this this instance. But I just wanted to basically remind you of remember the Marcus Smart thing at Texas Tech. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what Marcus I was,
0: Smart was <laughs> Marcus Smart was yes. like, this man said these things and all the journalists were like, oh my God, boo this man. And then like video comes out and was like, oh, Marcus Smart was full of shit. Interesting.
1: <laughs> or Funny or like when Rick out. Pitino, remember when Rick Pitino was at that Carolina game and he said someone called him something when he was walking oh. on the floor and they looked back and no one said that no one knows who said anything. Couldn't find a clip of someone yeah. saying something like that. I mean, we, we've seen it before, but sometimes, you know, you're in your but head in the say, moment, you, you, you lose your mind.
0: The difference being, uh, Marcus Smart and Rick Patino fit a, fit into a certain category <laughs> for me. And Admiral Schofield is like on the polar opposite of like likability and um yeah as far as trustworthiness. Not that I don't know. That that that's all I'll say about that. But uh no man, it's it's fair game. And especially a rival, you got like those two guys. I mean, I don't know if I assume Grant Williams will come back next year. Uh he, his draft stock's not that high, but I could see him leaving after his junior year. He's got like the he's got like the Bates Diop thing going on where it's like I mean, I could come back next year because I know I'm not going to be a first round pick, but at the same time, I am going to win Commerce Player of the Year. I'm going to be a first team All American. Like, am I really going to get that much better if I come back for my senior year at Tennessee? So uh, maybe there's some part of that. It was like, fuck it. This is my last game on this court. It was it's Schofield's a senior. Uh, Grant Williams a junior. Maybe they're both just like, screw it. Let's just both Gator Chomp them and talk shit, and we'll never have to come back to, to Gainesville again. And, I respect it. That's cool. That's fine by me. Anything are, really those two guys could do anything and I would I would defend them. I love both of them so. <laughs>
1: Exactly. They're, they're two lovable guys. And at the end of the day, if you are a Florida fan or you're a Tennessee fan, it's good for that rivalry to get sparked back with something like that. You know what I mean? That's exactly. Like they want that to be an actual rivalry. Mike White wants that to be a team that they don't like and they don't like to play and that people want to tune in to watch because you never know what's going to happen in the Tennessee, Florida game. So that's sort of, uh, I don't know, it kind of plays into that a little bit, too. So we need the drama. We want the drama. And uh, I enjoy mm-hmm. the drama. And now we have to get to the real dramatics, and that is our bad guy of the week, Mark Titus, who is your no, bad guy. I want of the you week?
0: to go first because you were you were very excited about this before we got we, we started recording. <laughs> uh you, you you were you were very, very excited to talk about your bad guy. So I want you to go first. I want to make sure we have plenty of time to cover your guy. Please Tate. The floor well, is yours.
1: Here it is. It's Bryce Drew, and it's the Vanderbilt Commodores. And you were just talking about you needed teams in the SEC that matter, teams that people want to talk about. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to call him Daddy Drew because Daddy Daddy Drew's got bags to fucking throw out there to the world. And... (laughs) He, this is the big story this week. So he gets uh, Scotty Pippen's son to go. And I mean, not not to say that, you know, Scotty Pippen's son is lighting the world up. I think he ends up just being like a three-star prospect or whatever. But they talked to Bryce Drew. They're 0-3 in the SEC. They lose to Kentucky. They're doing the post game, And he can't talk about specifically about... Scottie Pippen, I guess, Scottie Pippen Jr. I think he actually is Scottie Pippen Jr. Uh, and and he, he gets asked about it, but he's like smiling. He's doing the people were bringing up the when they lost to Belmont, he was smirking, you know, I and mean? he's the Bryce Drew smirk. He's just like a happy guy because the recruiting is going well. So when they asked him about it, he said, I feel good about things because we're selling a vision. You know what I mean? Like he's working like an eye care center mm. or something like that. He's like, we're selling the dream here at Vanderbilt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't translate. It doesn't matter if it translates to wins. I mean, here's a headline I'll give you. This is why he's a great bad guy how Vanderbilt basketball is winning and recruiting and losing on the court. That's what you want as a bad guy. <laughs> you want to win the that recruiting battles. Yeah. That is bad guy exclusive. Like it does not matter if you win the games on the floor. Rick Stansbury will tell you that it's all about if you win the recruiting battles, obviously Darius Garland's hurt this year for them. That's something they point to for the reason why they're not doing so great. But I mean, for him to get Scottie Pippen Jr., for him to have Scottie Pippen involved with the Vanderbilt Vanderbilt basketball program, pull like what Duke does when they bring David Robbins into all the games, you know what I mean? Even though Justin doesn't really Mm. play, but he's just there in the crowd, you know, cheering him on. It's, it's a genius bad guy move because then you get the NBA guys involved. You get, you know, all these people expecting Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt basketball to bring in these caliber of players. And I found out Scottie Pippen jr. He went to the same high school as Marvin Bagley, which also has the kids of Kevin Hart. So Sierra Canyon is also like a bag school. So bad guy goes to bag school, gets back prospect. And now uh, Scottie Pippen jr. Is going to be going to the Commodores. Congratulations to bad guy of the week. Bryce drew.
0: Uh, did you notice that Scotty Pippen Jr. spells his name with a Y and his dad spells it IE, Scotty?
1: Yes. Like going, he's going I Scotty. Like yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's some sort of, I, I don't know. I, I, I call, I, I say no to that. I say no. You can't do That's well, not that
1: allowed. Goes, that, <laughs> that goes to the junior. You can't role, be like a junior I'll, and spell yeah. your name differently.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: That's not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with um, that 100%.
0: What if, uh, I have a theory for you. Um, Homer drew is the actual bad guy. This all, this all goes Mm. all the way to the top. Um, we, we've, we've heard whispers that, that may be a little bit louder than whispers of Scott drew, uh, a good old, good old Christian man, Scott drew, uh, you know, we, we, anyone who knows anything about college basketball, certainly if you listen to this podcast, you know that the role, the role that the church plays in the bag dropping, um, (laughs) And I I just wonder, Tate, is this a a Homer Drew situation where he's like the Archie Manning and he's got his sons and he's like taking him under his wings. And kids, let me teach you the art of bag dropping and how this all works. And uh, yeah, maybe Homer Drew is the one pulling the strings behind the scenes. And that's the plausible deniability. Bryce has nothing to do with any of it. He's just coaching these boys up. And then suddenly uh, Shimmy Situ shows up. Darius Garland shows (laughs) up. He's in the running for Romeo Langford. He's getting Scottie Pippen Jr. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. That's I do think safe. it's
1: one of those. I think once, once they've coached like five years, they go to Christmas and they get their stocking and then there's just like uh, that, that perfect hair gel. You know, the, the hair gel that their dad's been wearing yeah. all those years. <laughs> they've always wanted some. And uh, they puts it in there and he said, son, I think it's about time. And then there's just the duffel are bag you aware, with a Nike check on are it. Are you
0: aware of, a, of who's an assistant coach on Vanderbilt? Do you know this? Um, a man, uh, the brother of a man that you know well. Is an assistant coach on Vanderbilt staff, and that that man's name is Jake Diebler. <laughs> he is an assistant. Your no way. When I tell you oh. that, yeah, John John's brother is a John's brother played at Valpo and uh, has that connection with the Drew family and is now Bryce's how, assistant at Vanderbilt. How does he yeah.
1: How does he spell J? J J-A-E or J A Y or just the letter J? Oh, Jake, Jake, J A K E.
0: Oh, Jake. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. That oh, you thought it was J John. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, like you know, J A Y, and John, that'd be nice. Uh, like you know, that checks out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Bryce Drew at this point is just trying to win the recruiting wars. Uh, and I don't know, I I feel like he's overshadowing Scott Drew a little bit, but maybe that's on purpose. Maybe this oh, yeah, is of nice a little deflection uh, for him. I just
0: wanted to bring that up because I I have uh I'm very I'm I'm pretty close with Jay. Or, I mean, I don't know, not pretty. Good. It's not like we have sleepovers or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I know the guy. I could text him right now. He texts me back. Not to brag. Um. But I got an in with Jake Diebler, <laughs> and then uh, my college roommate Danny Peters. As a reminder, is on uh, Sean Miller's staff. So um, just just let you know, if you have an influx of cash that you're looking to get rid of, Tate, I uh, I know two different channels that we could send that money down. Let's liquidate.
1: Let's liquidate. Let's liquidate our assets. Wait, wait,
0: wait. <laughs> if you need some money laundered, I know the guys.
1: <laughs> um, all right, <laughs> Did my you know that my bad guy was a shell company. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This goes all the way to the top of, with uh, Anderson Cooper, who is uh, he's a Vanderbilt, right? He's from the Vanderbilt family, isn't that right? Yes, isn't he Gloria yes. Vanderbilt's son? Or I don't know. I don't. I'm I'm in over my head talking about Anderson Cooper's lineage. Um, <laughs> all right, my bad guy is uh, not a basketball coach. It is uh, wow. a different sport. Um, I think you saw this, but it it you know it. I only like to go outside of the realm of college basketball if it's a good situation with the bad guy, if it's a, if it's George Clooney dropping a million dollars for all of his friends, if it's um, Drake dropping the God's Plan video, you know, those sorts of things. If it's the guy taking the shit at the arena, the, the Memphis-Tennessee game, that's the, that's the level it has to rise to. Yeah, that's the level it has to rise to for me to not pick a college basketball coach. I believe this rose to this level, Tape. My bad guy of the week is Sean Payton, head coach of your New Orleans Saints, playing in the NFC Championship game. Uh, who reportedly walked into a team meeting with, uh, he had a, he brought $200,000 cash and a Lombardi trophy into a team meeting. He wheeled this into the team meeting with several armed guards, according to this report I'm reading, several armed guards flanking the stuff. The players then erupted. And then after that, the uh, uh, Peyton told him, Y'all want this? Go win three
1: fucking games. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, isn't that called bounty gate? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. yeah, what? And, and then the reporter says he, <laughs> Wait, he gave what? a very exaggerated wink. He said, "Go win three games," and then he gave a very exaggerated <laughs> wink at all of his players.
1: <laughs> all right, I mean that is that is a very bad guy move. Was it? I mean, what was the two hundred? Was that his own personal two hundred thousand dollars, or no, is that a bonus?
2: That's the bonus you get if you win the Super Bowl. I think.
1: Yeah, Every player.
2: A, yeah. Yeah, I think every player gets yeah. that bonus. It's like two hundred and eighty or something, two hundred twenty-five thousand or something.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's a uh, that's that's way to go, Coach Payton. Yeah, so Sean Payton, bad guy. It worked. They won. They're in the uh, NFC Championship. Right? They're hosting. Right. What
1: yeah. a what a what they're a dangerous pro- the Rams. yeah yeah they're hosting the Rams at the number one seed but what a dangerous proposition I would say for those like armed security guards I mean there's not a, a more hostile room for you to walk into as far as like you're not going to be the strongest people in the room you know what I mean like what happens if they just are like yeah we're going to get that two hundred thousand now coach like yeah no one's going to stop no, <laughs> no one's going to stop them like I mean it's just like and what, hey, a, what these are
0: what a, a waste of job. resources and also. What what a like what a waste of resources to make these like two armed guards like hey I need you for this charade like what, what, were they actually armed guards like did they actually were they actually police officers or were they like strippers who dress up in police costumes <laughs> do you think that was cheaper he got a discount he just got like two strippers to hey where it's your like police 911. leave your clothes on yeah they just came in
1: yeah
0: um the other question what 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 how do you think he broke down the bills uh because. I bet two hundred thousand in a hundred dollar bills isn't really that much money. Like as I'm telling the story, in your mind, I don't know about you, but like when I'm reading the story and, and as I'm telling it, I'm picturing just like like the who's the fat guy on Breaking Bad? Huel, that was his name, right? That lays down on mm-hmm. the stack of cash and, and like falls asleep on. I'm picturing like this big ass blocks of cash, but two hundred thousand dollars in a hundred dollar bills probably could fit in a briefcase, right? Like it's probably. I'm not pretty that sure much it can based
1: yeah. on all the movie based on all the MacGuffins I've seen in movies, with like the briefcase full mm-hmm. of cash that checks out that that would be the case. But I'm trying to all picture right. like, uh, like Heath Ledger and like, the, you know, the dark Knight with the big, you know, of that he lights on fire, the big stacks of cash. Maybe that would be more okay, of a yeah. selling point. You know what I mean? Possibly. What? I'm not really sure, but I also, I just can't imagine how you wrap up that meeting. You know what I mean? Cause it's not like you can give them the Lombardi <laughs> trophy. You know what I mean? Like how, what's the last thing you say? All right, let's go get them now we'll this yeah. out <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> safely
0: that's a good point the ending is always the hardest part to write ending is always the hardest part to write you have a great idea how do you end it That's the uh, black the George R. R. Martin <laughs> conundrum he, you know how to write a good story but you don't know how to tie it all together that's great Um, that, yeah that's my bad guy congrats to Sean Payton uh, go win three fucking games well now two games now they only have to win two fucking games so there you go it's working uh, moving on Kyle guy what's your Kyle guy update there's My a little Kyle bit guy, of Kyle Guy news.
1: There's a little bit of Kyle Guy news. I mean, he continues to dominate the ACC. I wanted to just point out the fact that Kyle Guy has basically become like a J.J. Redick clone. Uh, he He's doing the thing where he just is running around like a maniac around screens just to get open for a split second and so then every single time he catches it, it goes in, it feels like. So he's getting that Redick territory where uh, I'm just kind of in awe of everything he's doing. And then I looked it up. UVA as a team is shooting 40% as, as a team from three, which is pretty wild. That's 12th in the country. And then... I'm like, every time I see DeAndre Hunter shoot at three, I feel like it goes in. So what's he shooting? He's shooting 45% from three. So if Virginia continues to shoot at that clip, I uh especially with Cal Guy just being a maniac, just running around everywhere and making everything he looks at. Uh, they are obviously one of the best teams in the country. I think we both agree that they're, you know, if they're not the number one team, they're number one, number two, somewhere up there. So that's my Cal Guy update. He's become little Reddick, and uh, you know, that's that's impressive for a kid that uh I don't know, one time I didn't know if Kyle Guy was gonna be back to being Cal Guy uh after the offseason, but he's a hundred percent back and uh congratulations to Cal Guy.
0: Yeah, they last year, Virginia, um, I just pulled this up. Ken Palm is gospel. It's college basketball gospel. Yes, Uh, It says, Virginia's adjusted offense right now is 6th in the country. They rank 6th, which is, you know, they're they're known for their defense. Uh, That's not to say their offense sucks usually, but um, 6th. As a comparison, last year they finished the season, their adjusted offense with 30th in the country um two years ago let's see here their adjusted offense was 50th in the country so there you go folks if you're asking yourself like why this virginia team why should i believe in them we've been here before um yeah there you go the offense is killing like if they did they were they were putting up 80 on teams right like not too long ago they, they they won by 20 at clemson um they are they are the number one team in the coaches pool by the way did you see this that Duke, yes. the Duke Virginia game. Virginia plays at Virginia Tech tomorrow Tuesday night, which is not on TV. By the way, get your what the fuck's your conference doing? Not putting this game on TV. It's on like the ACC network, which come on, fart noise to that one. Um, put put the game on TV. Uh, secondly, they they whether they win or lose uh, Saturday at Duke is going to be number one versus number one. Duke is number one in the AP poll. Virginia is number <laughs> Virginia is number four in the AP poll still. Isn't that wild? They're number one and the coaches a number four in the AP.
1: Well, we know who's voting in the yeah. AP. Got, you got Graham Couch and all these other, you know, there's a lot of different variations of the AP poll that goes out in the world. But uh, we know Graham Couch respects the Wahoos, which here's, is good for him. Here's what's wild. Uh, here's
0: here's yeah. another AP poll thing. Like it came out today. Uh, so Duke is one, Michigan's two, Tennessee's three, Virginia's four. Duke got 36 first place votes. Uh, Michigan got nine. Tennessee got 13 and Virginia got six. So the two teams that are undefeated, like if you rank the teams that got first place votes, number one was Duke, number two was Tennessee. So basically it's two teams that have lost a game and then the two undefeated teams, two undefeated power conference teams. You have a 17-0 and a 15-0 power conference team that uh, are are the third and fourth most number one voted team, if that makes sense. Just kind of interesting. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I mean, Duke... Luke is good. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, so is Tennessee. It's just, it's just very interesting. That's all.
1: It, yeah, and it's also interesting because you they are power teams, and they've played good schedules, and people have watched them play now, and people know who they are, and they're familiar, and they made Final Fours recently, or they made, or they were number one team in the country in terms of Virginia last year. So it's not like people don't know who these teams are. So maybe, maybe that's sort of the hesitation too, where uh, you know we people just assume that Tennessee uh, is better because of what they've done against. I guess I think that Kansas game actually caught, carried a lot of cachet with that Tennessee team, uh, more so with like public perception of them, uh, even more so a good than loss. Gonzaga. Yeah, it was a good loss. Like people people thought that they were they, they seemed to do everything to win that game, even though it didn't work out. Uh and people like Kansas a lot and respect Kansas and think that they're gonna be a team late in the year. So that that maybe works out. But yeah, it makes no sense to me that the two undefeated teams are the ones that are on the the backside of it. Is there anything else like for Virginia, though? I mean, I'm, I'm like Braxton Keyes. Yeah, oh yeah. I feel like no one talks about. I, I don't know. There's so many guys on their team where we continue to talk about kind of the usual suspects of like Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, obviously we- DeAndre Hunter. And then we, you know, kind of make fun of Jack Salt, send screens. But they got all these other guys coming off the bench doing big things for him and getting easy buckets. So they're a deep team. They're not just the the usual suspects. They're deep mm-hmm. as well.
0: They are. This team is different. All the other teams were different, but this team is, is more different. Um,
1: They're more we different, the the the, different.
0: We buried the lead. The, we buried the lead. The uh, The Duke Virginia game is not just one versus one. One of the few instances of that, I think, I, I remember uh, when I was uh, my freshman year at Ohio State, we were one and Wisconsin was one. And we played them in February for the Big Ten title, and Mike Conley hit a runner to win. Um, that was one time it happened. And then was the. Was was Oklahoma number one when they played Kansas that one time? For some reason, I, I feel like I saw someone mention that on Twitter today. The Was it the Buddy Heald game where Buddy Heald scored like 43 and then got a st- standing ovation from Allen Fieldhouse crowd when he came out to do the interview? Yeah, like
1: the 2014-2015 season.
0: I don't know if that was the same game, but uh, uh it is in my mind, whether it's not. I I, I th- <laughs> thought I saw that on Twitter today. Anyway, um, one versus one is a rare thing. I that That was the note I had, but then I just realized as we were talking Tate, The first jack-off of the season. Jack Salt versus Jack White. Aussie versus Kiwi. Uh, The jack-off is happening on Saturday. One versus one. The stakes have never been higher. Get excited, folks.
1: (laughs) How many? Yeah, it's basically those two guys are going to be screening and setting, uh, you know, back screens, chest passes, uh, tight dribbles. uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Stuff like that. The the stuff you want to see from the Jacks uh, will all be on full display. I I think that game is the real test for Duke, though, uh, to be quite honest. That's that's the game that I've been waiting on to see kind of what this Duke team is. Because Now, hang on just a second.
0: Live update. Syracuse has tied it up with Duke with six minutes left in the first half.
1: So 31, 31 And Alex O'Connell is at the line. We're keeping an eye on that. is looking good. He's excited to be in Durham. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> this is uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with, with that game i I I'm gonna kind of take pause because I do think that uh it, it might be the time where Virginia might maybe gets hit in the mouth you know to kind of set themselves straight because they're they're on such a roll they're blowing everybody out my one note that I mm-hmm. the best thing that I have for Virginia which is a this is my one nice note I try to say a nice thing about Maryland because I watched that Maryland Indiana game uh and that was a nice win for Maryland so the best thing that Maryland has going for them this year is that they are one of two teams to score over 60 points on Virginia it's Maryland and then it's our boy uh, at Marshall, of course, D'Antoni. So we got we got those two guys. Those two teams are the only teams to score over 60 points on Virginia. So I think that's like the best thing that Maryland has going for them this year other than obviously uh, that Indiana win on Friday. Dude,
0: I'm slowly talking myself into Maryland, by the way. I know I just got done talking about, like, what was this, a week ago I said uh, Turgeon should be fired now. I was like, just <laughs> fire him now because you know you're going to eventually fire him. Um uh, I'm slowly I, I'm laughing as I'm saying it because I know how preposterous it is but dude they, Maryland has a ton of talent they they're what are they five and one right now in the Big Ten they're the third mm-hmm. best team behind the Michigan teams the, I don't know man there's a they could win the Big Ten I, I could see that happening like I I guess not as I said it out loud I take that back but um, they're talented as hell they got Jalen Smith Bruno Fernando I like both those dudes Cowan obviously is good Um, they've been playing well dude I I'm slowly talking myself, and you look at like what they've done this year. They they I I, I think they haven't lost. I, sh- I might as well pull it up. I should stop saying I think when I have a I'm sitting in front of a freaking computer. They I they have not lost. Yeah, that's right. Their worst loss was Virginia. They lost by five. Then they lost at Purdue by two, and they lost Seton Hall by four. So like every single game that they've lost, they've been in, which, you know, maybe that means something. Maybe it doesn't. It just says, it tells me they haven't been blown out. That's something. Um, Maryland's good. Yeah, I'm slowly talking myself into them, which means, uh, sorry, Maryland fans, I just ruined your season because you're about to lose like four straight now.
1: Yeah, and it also Um, is one of those things where it's like the Steve Alford where, you know, you're not really sure if you want things to turn around sometimes. But I I had that nice note on the Terps and I feel like I say mean things about Maryland. So I watched them play on Friday, watched them win. And then uh, I I did think that, you know, they are one of the teams that did play Virginia well this year. So you got to mention that for sure. Uh, Do we have a do we have a cows? Do we have a cows guy? Or should we? Well, should let's we take a, a break. break. We'll come back. come back.
0: We'll do Cal's guy. We gotta let Kyle talk. We gotta. We gotta get the update on Lamine De- Diane or however he's pronouncing it this week. Um, or maybe Kyle has a new guy this week. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. Quick break to talk about proper cloth, folks. It is a new year. It is uh, 2019. Check your calendars. You have resolutions. We all do. Maybe you've given up on yours. Well, I have great news. It's it's not too late to set a realistic goal for this year. To wear a shirt that fits from collar to cuff. Every proper cloth shirt is made to order, so it is guaranteed to be unique to you. Just answer 10 simple questions to get your custom shirt size, then choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual, The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buys fabrics that meet their high expectations. Plus, each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning if your shirt does not fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. This is the future of shirts. You have nothing to lose. It is 100% risk-free. Looking better has never been this easy, and it starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash shining today. Enter gift code shining and save $20 off your first shirt.
1: All right, and we're back. Uh, Duke now up one over Syracuse in this game. 420 left. Uh, Kyle, appreciate that. And speaking of, Kyle, (laughs) it's time for Kyle's guy uh, of the week. And and, uh, I don't know how much college basketball you're watching. I know that you're watching the Patriots and all the NFL stuff going on. But, Kyle, who is your guy? Who have you seen? Who are you loving now? Uh, and it's not Zion, right? It's not Zion, but it is funny you bring up Duke
2: because uh, I think it was Friday. It was Duke Florida State, and uh, I was just about to head to the dark room, but there was uh, ESPN was on, and uh, I think it was ESPN, and I and I was watching that Florida State Duke game, and I wa- I just waited to the end, and I, my guy is going to be Jack White for getting the fuck out of the way on that out of bounds <laughs> play. Man, that could have been nice. bad. <laughs> that could have been bad. It looked like it might have been sewn up after that. So that was. Uh, you guys talk about him all the time. I think that's the first time I actually saw what he looked like, or was paying attention. Um, so yeah, Jack White, Kyle's guy.
1: I never, I never thought that Kyle's guy would be the white guy. Uh, Me but neither. Is the to white be honest, guy. it's it's Jack White. Jack White uh, was like a, basically got out of the way perfectly with like a, he was actually a great decoy on that final play that Cam Reddish, when Cam Reddish hit the three to win that game, Duke was down one Florida state was worried about uh, them, I guess going for a layup. I think the RJ Barrett uh, from Gonzaga, from the Gonzaga game, they thought that he was obviously going to get the ball. So they were all eyes on him. Trent Forrest decided to stay in the lane and then Cam Reddish gets a wide open three uh, and Duke gets the win and goes crazy. And, uh the rest is history i guess but well that's a good guy kyle that means that you're watching the game good job, you know, it's not just K- i thought it was gonna be cam reddish but you you go for jack white who did the no
2: could have fucked it all up so that's you know that's kind of a metaphor for what i'm trying to do i'm just just getting out of the way
1: on these podcasts before <laughs> i fuck them up you know perfect <laughs> <laughs> you are you're the jack white of this podcast yeah, yeah. just getting that's out of the way just in time you gotta get an kyle, accent how do you first. feel that's what we need
0: how do you feel about the Patriots, by the way? Are you confident?
2: Dude, Tom I'm, Brady I, just stepped out of a fucking time machine yesterday from, like, 2014. It's all good. We're feeling great. I, I will
0: say, it's weird. I was watching the Patriots play, and uh, you have, and I mean this sincerely, you make me hate the Patriots a little bit less. I hate the Patriots as much as everyone else, but... Uh, you're you're like the one good Patriots fan out there who's just like real lovable. You're not obnoxious when yeah, they win I, or when win. they lose. When, yeah, when they lose you're like fuck it, let's just drink some beer. When they win you're like hey, we won, let's drink some beer. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, I grew up in New York. I know how to tone it down a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make yeah yeah. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see you happy, Kyle. Thanks. It feels good. Having said that, um, I would prefer the Patriots not win their thousandth Super Bowl in a row. But whatever. Herb, oh, that's yeah. a good pick though. Good good job. Thanks. Good job, Jack White. Good pick. Uh Tate, you want to talk about that game by the way? Like we're already kind of talking about it. The Cam Reddish shot. Um I I was anticipating one of two reactions from you. I think you were still just trying to get over your your back being fucked up and Carolina losing and all the other stuff going on. Um but I was anticipating one of two things. One, uh the the really butthurt move would be to say that Cam Reddish traveled on the shot. Because if you like <laughs> watch the slow-mo the, the, the Duke basketball tweeted out something, uh, a slow-mo video of it. And uh, he catches the ball and then he does like a, after he catches it, he like hops up on two feet and then lands on his two feet and then he shoots it. Um, I was expecting that take from you. And then the other one that I was, that was more realistic was the, uh, the bench should have got a technical foul for, for running on the court. <laughs>
1: for celebrating. Yeah, that was, a, yeah. I actually almost tweeted that because uh, I was like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, Coach K would risk that. Where's the bench control? Come on, Shire. Come on, Nolan. Hold it together. Uh, but then, you know, honestly, to me, I was actually impressed with how excited Coach K was. It actually uh, it, it was inspiring to see him care so much about them hitting that shot. Uh, you know, the, the, you can get worn down at times where you're just like, some of these games don't even matter to this guy. He's just, counting it down but uh he was very excited he tried to jump up in the air it didn't quite work out but come on yeah that's you know he was going you know he was wiling out so I I, w- I was not uh as upset because I knew that it was going to happen I knew that someone was going to hit a shot on that play it just felt uh inevitable but it was a great pass by Trey Jones I mean the inbounds play in general the fact that Dickie V called it can you believe that he called the play like what they were going to do he literally called it he's are you like being, he,
0: are you being sarcastic dude no. Dickie V called, dude, he called everything. They're that, like dude comes out in the box set and Dickie V's like, look for a cross screen here, baby. And if not yeah, that, yeah. one, one what of I'm these saying, guys is going to set the down screen or the up screen. <laughs> he basically said there will be a screen on this play is all he said. <laughs> he called
1: it. He called like, it. He's watching him up. I see somebody's going to set the down screen here. Yeah, it was I good. think
0: the ball's got to go to RJ Barrett in this situation and if not, then they should use him <laughs> as a decoy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you made me I just Googled the uh, the Coach K talking about Coach K jumping, I just Googled the uh, the gif of him from the Olympics.
1: Oh man. <laughs> that shit yes. is so
0: funny. Or he jumps up in the air and punches. Oh, that's hilarious. That's great. Um Jubilance. one other thought. Uh uh the we talked about it on the last pod. The ESPN article, but the headline, the game is not over for Leonard Hamilton, is just I mean, I'm I'm kissing my I'm chefs kissing my fingers right now. Once again, beautiful that that was the article. They they were like talking about it during the game too. They're like, please check out ESPN.com. A great feature on <laughs> Leonard Hamilton. The game is not over, and then uh, the game ends with Florida State being up by two with 15 seconds left and losing by two and never getting the ball in those final 15 seconds.
1: <laughs> what, what what a brutal way to what, lose. What? The, the game is over.
0: The, the game is not over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it just oh, felt uh, felt, a, felt a little unfair to Leonard. But I mean, both Florida schools, Florida State and Florida, both uh, took some you know some big heat checks this weekend with a Gator chop and then a big shot at the end of the game. So tough, tough stuff for Florida.
0: I was talking shit about Florida State uh, on the podcast. Some Florida State fans were chirping at me. They, I said that I thought they were a little overrated. I didn't mean it disrespectfully. I didn't say they were bad. I just said like if you looked at what they've actually accomplished this year. I felt like being ranked 13th or whatever felt a little high to me. Um I needed to see something else from them. And I think I saw it Tate. I think I saw I mean, you know, Zion Zion didn't play in the second half as we know, but uh you can't control that if you're Florida State. cuz the thing is like Florida State didn't even play well in this game. If you if you actually were watching this, skate, like I was actually kind of shocked that it was as close as it was um, and that they even had a shot to win it because I didn't think they played particularly well, which is actually a good thing because if you're playing, if you're given like a B plus effort and you're hanging with Duke, that tells me something. So congratulations. Congrats on the consolation prize, Florida State. You may not have won the game, but you got my respect. And that's more important in some people's eyes.
1: (laughs) It's called moral victories. Um, And sometimes they work out. Uh, And speaking of moral victories, can we talk about Cal's guy? Because this man lives for moral victories these days. Yeah, please. Please. Cal's guy of the week. Uh, pretty much, uh, I mean, a, a guy that we both appreciate, a guy that Coach Cal uh, coached the, his national team. He made sure to coach his national team to get him to go to Kentucky. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, the artist formerly known as yes, Carl Towns. Yes, I have the
0: same thing written down. Yes.
1: <laughs> so... Perfect. We get it. We're both on Cal's side. So Cal goes out uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Carl Towns goes out 27 points, 27 rebounds, four blocks, uh, only five players to do that in NBA history. Uh, Coach Perry very excited about that, even though Carl Towns did it against one of his other guys, Anthony Davis. Uh, but the only other guys mm-hmm. to do that, Matumbo, Abdul-Jabbar, Bob McAdoo, Elvin Hayes and Carl Anthony Towns. Congratulations to Cal's guy.
0: Who wants to sex Matumbo? Is all I think when I, whenever I hear Matumbo, I think that every time. You know that story, Kyle? You love that story? No, tell me about it. The story <laughs> where Dikimi Matumbo, when he was at Georgetown, would just walk into parties and just announce his arrival by saying, "Who wants to sex Matumbo?" Oh, yeah,
2: <laughs> third person style. That's great.
0: That was it. That's the that's the only story. But he no, but just no, picture no. It in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> who wants to sex Matumbo?
1: <laughs> Everyone's like, "Damn, the Cookie Monster needs to chill out over there."
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um not only not only did Towns uh uh outplay Davis and win the game or whatever he and put up the 27 27 he blocked and I know this cuz I was watching the game Tate yes shockingly enough I was watching NBA basketball Whoa. Minnesota Timberwolves New Orleans Pelicans um I was watching this game live as it was happening uh Anthony Davis had a three point attempt with like a minute and a half left that would have put the Pelicans up by one and Carl Towns blocked the shot he closed out on him blocked the shot, and said, not today, sir. I am going to be Cal's guy this week. You're going to have to sit down.
2: And yeah, <laughs> he was like, I cannot wait town. to get
1: quote-tweeted by Coach Cal. This is my time. Yeah, that was, uh, and that, that's exactly what happened. Coach Cal quote-tweeted it and said, this is my guy. I love him. I miss him. Wish he was here. Uh, please return my phone calls. Um, but yeah, that, that was uh, it was a sweet moment for Cal's guy this week. Uh, I also have a do I we have talk a new enough? Guy. What? We've talked enough about what? Uh, I was going to say, do we talk Kentucky? enough about,
0: about Carl... Carl, yeah, exactly. Carl Anthony Towns having a hyphenated first name and how rare that is, just in the world in general. It, it's a hyphenated last names what? happen, but like the man the man has a hyphenated first name. And I, I feel like we as a society don't talk about that enough. I don't know. Let's just like who else do you know? There's Jean Claude Van Damme, and like that's pretty much all I can think of off the top of my head. The only other person Mary Kate Olsen.
1: Yeah, Mary Kate Olsen. Damn it. <laughs> 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 that's a pretty good one, Kyle. There you go. Is it hyphenated? That's, Hold that's, on. that one right out of my ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was good. Tate, Tate, uh, t- someone's been watching Parent Trap on the weekends.
0: No, that's the that's the other one. Tate, talk about whatever you're gonna talk about. I'm gonna google I'm gonna fact check this. Talk about <laughs> yeah, introduce whatever take, you want to say next. Go
1: check go check out your hyphenated names. Uh Fall Guy of the Week for me. Uh and this is uh sometimes. Fuck Fall she is hyphenated. <laughs> yes, of course. The Olsen family. They're top dogs. Uh they thought of everything. Fall Guy of the Week, Dan Hurley. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or anyone mm. else saw this, but uh, someone tweeted this at me and then it made me go look back at this game. But SMU played uh, the Yukon Huskies, Dan Hurley's Huskies. Um, and Dan Hurley wants his team to take charges. And the way to prove that and to show that to his team is to take a charge of, uh, but like by himself, basically. He, Tyler Polly of SMU falls out of bounds. Dan Hurley gets in the way of him, takes the charge to the chest, goes down. <laughs> makes the assistant coaches pick him up as if he is a player. And then, you know, a lot of (laughs) at at the time, at the time, no one really knew like if that's exactly what he was doing, but it was kind of like, did he just try to take a charge? And then after the game, he brought it up himself to say that he had to take a charge to show his team. What he was like, if I'm willing to take a charge, they got to be willing to take a charge. So Dan Hurley, yet again, continues to insert himself into the actual play of the game. And we're, we're about, I'd say about three months away. Uh, Right around like not even three months, I guess, because we're already in January. But by the time we get around like conference play, he's going to do a Jason Kidd ice situation. You know what I mean? Where he gets a player to bump into him and gets ice on the floor. Like Dan Hurley will do whatever it takes to win these basketball games for UConn. And I think if you're a UConn fan, you got to appreciate it. (laughs) But boy, is it a lot? It's a lot. I mean, the man's taking charges off real players in the game, getting in the way while wearing dress shoes and a suit. So fall guy of the week. (laughs) Oh, I just saw it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's unbelievable. He is
0: uh, it's
1: he, a slow He burn. is.
0: I mean, how many more years of this? Like, how? So, say UConn goes twenty-one and twelve this year. That that might be. That might be. I mean, what are they? They're ten and seven right whoa, now. Yeah, that whoa, might whoa. be a little. What,
2: what, you, what what's going on over there, Kyle? Are you all right? I'm sorry. I thought my mic was down. I'm, just watching,
1: I'm watching the replays. <laughs> He's just laughing at Dan Hurley.
2: <laughs> um.
0: Uh, so let's say UConn has like immediate. So they're, they're not great this year. Let's say next year they're mediocre as well. Uh, how many years are UConn fans not not going to give him to be convinced that he's a good coach? At what point do these antics that fired them up at the start of the year when they're winning in Madison Square Garden and he's clapping and, and raising the roof and all that shit and everyone's very excited about it. How quickly is that going to turn when you're losing games? Because I made that point when it happened. I was like, when when you're winning, that shit's awesome from your coach when he's got all the theatrics and he's full of energy on the sideline. When you're losing, ugh, it's a tough look. It's a tough look yeah, to be that called, coach. That's getting it's his ass Gary Williams, taking charge. Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's a Gary Williams conundrum. You know what I mean? It's fun in games when you're winning and, you know, your red face and you're jumping all over the place. But then, uh, you know, eventually when you're losing by 12 to SMU on the road and you're, know, you're taking charges or you're trying to tell your team to, to basically like do whatever it takes to win the game. Everyone's like, all right, Chill out, Coach. Like we we need a, We need a break from you, Coach Hurley. But I thought it was impressive. I was I was actually I was enamored with the whole idea of it, and uh, it made me it made me miss Dan Hurley. I was like, I need to be watching more uh, Dan Hurley and UConn because this guy will do whatever it takes, which is which is nice to see in year one. Um, is there? A, I think I have another guy, but I don't even know what I don't even know what uh, I think it's Ball Guy. So we got Fall Guy. Here's Ball Guy. My <laughs> Ball Guy of the week, Mac McClung. Okay. Yes, continue. This man, he has earned it, and I've I've found you know how like when they do like the intros a six foot six guard from North Carolina Michael, George, you know what I mean? I was trying to find like the moniker mm-hmm. to describe uh, Mac McClung, and I found it in this Washington Post article, which is perfect. The viral sensation from Gate City, Virginia, Mac McClung, because that's what mm-hmm. he is. I mean, mm-hmm. to to be like you know Zion doesn't want to be called a dunker. He wants to be called a viral sensation. I mean, he fired up a 30-footer at the end of this one uh, and let it go to double overtime. That was in regulation. Then it goes in overtime. They go into another overtime. Um, And here's how he described it. Mac McClung, our ball guy of the week. He said, Coach drew it up. I caught the ball. I looked back. Jesse was wide open. And I want to emphasize that. Coach drew it up. I caught the ball. I looked back. Jesse was wide open. Their best player who had 33 points in this game. Wide open. So you would think if you draw it up, Jesse's there. That's the play. You throw it to him, but not Mac McClung. He says he no. says coach he says coach always says he loves the player that has confidence, belief in himself, and I feel that about myself. So I took the shot, and it went in. <laughs> that's McClung, like the worst thing to get him in. Yeah, that that that's one of like those things every- that <laughs> have you ever yeah. shot that shot. That sounds like if, like, if he misses it, he will say that. Yeah, if he missed that, he says that. Instead, he just smiles at him. He, Coach Ewing, Patrick Ewing was so happy when he made that shot. There's this picture, uh, and he's just like beaming with joy when Mac McClung put it in, because that's always ever wanted from his viral sensation from Gate City, Virginia. Um, so Mac McClung, I was very happy. I know that you were happy. He's your guy, so oh, uh, yes. right, congratulations As you to know, Mac.
0: That's, uh It's one of those things like Georgetown, he hits the shot, Georgetown wins the game. But at what cost? Because moving forward, <laughs> this man is, <laughs> well, what's going to happen next date? Georgetown's next game when he's just, he's, he's just like pulling up from, from 40 feet with, with 15 seconds on the shot clock. And Patrick Ewing says, have you ever shot that shot? And he's like, yeah, coach, I did last week. We won. Remember? And he's like, yeah, that's a good point. I guess I have to let you shoot that. now."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, keep shooting kid. Shoot through it. Uh, I love it. Um,
0: the Big East, I had this thought, so I'm. it's a loaded question. You already know where I'm going with this, uh, so I'm going to say my point, and then I'll ask you your thoughts. The Big East has become weirdly more entertaining this year now that it's like a down year for the conference than it has been. I mean, I, I, I don't know. The Big East is always entertaining, but I find myself like watching a lot of Big East games when teams like aren't ranked even, you know, like two teams that aren't ranked, and I typically – don't mess with those games if, especially if there's like another good game going on. Um, But for some reason I'm like drawn to the big East and that those reasons are like Shamori ponds, Chris Mullen uh, you got Mac McClung, you got Marcus Howard who's just doing Marcus Howard things on a Marcus Howard nightly basis as Marcus Howard. Um, (laughs) Seton hall is like fun. Miles Powell's fun to watch. Uh, Like Villanova has, it, you know they, they haven't been great this year. They're I, I think they're undefeated in Big East right now, and I saw they're back in the top twenty. Yeah, they're four now But like Villanova yeah. isn't, as, they're not as good as they usually are. Certainly, uh, Butler's not as good as they usually are. Xavier's not as good as they usually are. So like, no one really has any idea what's going to happen in the Big East on any given night. I don't know, man. I, I find myself like fascinated by the Big East, and I guess like DePaul doesn't suck. By the way, that's another thing that's interesting. Um. So my question to you becomes, Tate, like what what league just as a whole, and we don't need to make this like a, a huge discussion. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Uh, what what conference, you're an ACC guy, but other than the ACC, are you gravitating to and finding yourself watching more games than you thought you would heading into the year? Is there one?
1: No, well, I mean, I get... I get blocked in this Pac-12 bias where I just have to watch games because they're on, so I just end up watching them. But it's not nice. you know, because I want to. It's just because they're on. Um, but I've been watching SEC. I've been trying to watch uh, Big 12. Like, I watched that Texas-Texas Tech game. Um, which was a big win for Chris Beard on the road. So uh, I'm a big fan. You were, t- you were telling well, me oh, okay. how much you like Culver. So it's like, you know, we, we got Texas Tech right. as a team that's interesting. The Big 12 has, you know, got a lot of storylines. I mean, this whole DeSosa thing where he's going to have to admit that, uh, the like the Kansas is basically, I don't know if you saw this, but Kansas is basically going to admit an NCAA violation. They're going to be like, they're going to tap their chest. They're gonna say, "All right, yeah, we did it," and then they're gonna get hopefully DeSosa reinstated because they need another big guy to come back. And apparently, that's that's what's on the mm-hmm. docket right now. So that's interesting. The Big Twelve keeps me interested just because they're going for 15 straight. I'm keeping an eye on that because they got to change the name of the conference. We've already said that a million times that they win it for 15 straight years. So I'm watching the Big Twelve as well. But yeah, I I, I would say I've seen more Big East than I thought I would see. I agree with that. Whereas so- uh, I've seen I've seen Seton Hall play a bunch, seen St. John's. I've seen Creighton randomly and you meant like you like Providence is a team that's usually up there and they're, they're doing nothing this year. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's all interesting. uh,
0: So all things being equal, there are two teams uh, outside of the ACC. I'm telling you, there's a conference game going on between two teams that are um, unranked, but like are receiving votes and it's a matchup between two of those teams. Uh, which we and and they're all going on at the same time. There's a Big Ten game, there's a Big East game, there's a Big Twelve game, there's an SEC game. Which one are you are you putting on? I mean, we don't know the teams exactly, but is the like which which league has your attention or you, you that doesn't never mind.
1: <laughs> probably probably the Mid League. I'm waiting for like A and T and Norfolk State. That's that's where I'm watching. I got you. Not no, yeah. I'm kidding. Right. But I mean, that's, there, that's there's a perfect there's, there's, The West Coast Conference. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I can keep an eye on that. I'm trying right. to. Thanks, Thank trying you for, to care.
0: You're playing my fucking game. I'm trying to play with you.
1: <laughs> what is this like? It's like I'm a Will of Fortune with like conferences. It's like I'm trying to remember who's in each conference. You're like, what do you think about the American East Conference? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Is Hartford still in it? Uh, is that UMBC? I don't know. Uh, then you're like, no, it's not American East. It's America East. I'm like, oh god. Uh, yeah. So I don't know UCF. I like it. I like the AAC. I like hey, I like UCF and Taco you know Fall.
0: You know who is in the America East is your Stony Brook Seawolves coached by Jeff Bowles, who lead the country in true road wins right now with eight road wins. This man is getting a job. That's our bad, that's going to be who we should become bad guys for. He might actually hire me. Uh, Jeff Bowles, my I've, I brought him up before. He, I played for him at Ohio State. He's an assistant. Yeah. Um, he he legit might hire me if I asked him to. If he gets a job, if he leaves Stony Brook, and then I try to follow him somewhere, I think he, I think we might. Just, I'm, I'm just talking out loud. I just thought about that. We might be in business. The coaching carousel. Sin- my Sinema coaching text. carousel might be fire it back up. Let's go. Let's get this thing rolling. Um, all right, what else we got before we head out?
1: Speaking of things rolling, uh here's my must bust chemistry lesson of the day. People will say we're connected because of the winning. I say we're winning because we're connected. Uh, that was what he tweeted mm. out this morning. Uh, I like the, I like a must-bust chemistry lesson. Uh, we get a bunch of those on Twitter. If you don't follow him, I wanted to put that out there. Also, uh, Miami's Dewan Hernandez, uh, formerly the artist known as DeJuan Huel, Um, He is going through a whole process right now. Jeff Goodman tweeting about this. He's already missed 16 games. Uh, he just tweeted out, I do not understand why other individuals that were implicated continue to compete while I am being punished. I have sat out 16 games, dot, dot, dot. Why me? No worries, though. God has the last say-so. Hashtag free DeWan. I like the rhyme at the end, a uh, little Dr. Seuss DeWan move there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been held out 16 games. Uh, Jeff Goodman's upset. He's up in arms about it. Apparently, it's up to the Student Legislative Committee to reinstate him, uh, which I guess is like their honor court, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that's something to keep an eye on because if DeJuan Hernandez comes back, he's like an all-ACC player from Miami, and that kind of changes uh, – their there you know potential and the chance for them to make a run, maybe in the tournament. So that's something to keep an eye on too. There's only one man for the
0: job, and that man's name is Jay Billis. He put out the bad signal. He's coming in. He's, the bill uh, signal. It's wrong. It's wrong. you should <laughs> be playing, and it's wrong that he's not. Um, I have a few shout outs before we go. Actually, do you want to do this? I, I uh, do you want to do the Shosheskiville questionnaire? I told you I did this. I told you I printed these
1: off. Do it Let's quickly. Let's run through rapid it. Fire. might as well. Rapid, yeah, rapid, rapid fire, fire. Shoot it to me. So
0: I told Tate I was going to do this. Uh, he didn't get really any prep. The uh, the the world famous Shaseskyville questionnaire that that the du- the nerds at Duke make all these students all. If you want to be a Cameron crazy, you have to fill it out. Basically, You're, you have to. They they give they give people a test and you have to pass the test. I don't I don't fucking you, you guys can figure it out. They just ask a bunch of questions to all the Duke students and if you pass the test, I guess you get a paint your chest and sit in the camera crazes and if you don't you have to transfer I don't know Um, but anyway they published the test and I printed it off and I'm gonna quiz Tate because as we all know he's a closeted Duke fan he loves Duke Uh, so I circled some of my favorite questions and we're gonna we're gonna rip through these real quick Tate Um, here's question number 26 what is our most watched game this season how many viewers tuned in hashtag the Duke effect that was in the actual question it says hashtag the Duke effect (laughs) no
1: it's not
2: (laughs)
0: I started again. God, question number 26 is that, uh, I don't really know the answer. I think the answer, do you want to guess?
1: Yeah. Most watched game of this season. Is this like of last season? Or this is 2017, 2018 yeah, no, of
0: this season of the 2018, 19 season.
1: Oh, so far of the season. Okay. So I'm going to go, yeah, yeah. Uh, K- Kentucky game champions, classic. Mm-hmm. And is this like Nielsen ratings? Like what, what is this? based on? No, how many, uh, how many viewers, how many people watched? How many people? Uh, I'm going to go 8 million.
0: No, it was 2.8 million. But it was the Kentucky (laughs) game.
1: (laughs) Hashtag the Duke effect.
0: Nobody watches college basketball. Nobody gives a shit. No no
1: one's watching Kentucky. They're watching Duke. That's for sure.
0: Okay, here's another one. One of our players has a godfather who played in the NBA as an all-star point guard. Who is the player on our team and who is his godfather?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Justin Robinson and Dennis Rodman <laughs> yeah is that, Yeah, Dennis Rodman perfect yeah the, the, the final answer Dennis Rodman
0: it's a I actually I actually think I knew this one before I, I asked it to you Um, it is RJ Barrett and Steve Nash who knew Other oh my god because I, I watched the I watched the Canada tour on
1: uh. that's the, the most Canada Canadian to thing I've it, ever heard back. oh my gosh here's,
0: here's a great one you're gonna love you're gonna love this question which player was on track to be salutator? Is it salutatorian? Salutatorian? Salut- salutatorian. salutatorian. <laughs> Who gives a shit about second place? Um, which player was on track to be salutatorian at his high school?
1: Zion Williamson.
0: The phrase, the phrasing of this is hysterical. Which player was on track? He didn't. He didn't actually become.
1: Up- <laughs> <laughs> Based on so, uh, his the seventh answer- grade math did- scores, he was on track to be the salutatorian. Uh, I am going to say Alex O'Connell. It is uh, Joey
0: Baker. And and the reason he didn't win it is because he reclassified. People forget that this man reclassified to sit the bench at Duke and not play at all. It's hilarious. It's great. Um, But I there also found go, out in my research, as, as I was Googling salutatorian, uh, I found out that Nasir Little was a salutatorian at his high school.
1: He was. That's so, true.
0: Yeah, think about that. All right, moving on. We got a couple more. How many followers does Zion have on Instagram? By the way, they don't say Zion <laughs> Williamson. It just says question number 34. How many followers does Zion have on Instagram to the nearest 100,000?
1: <laughs> oh my god. Uh The answer's t- I'm going to say two point one, 2.1 million.
0: Yeah, Final you're, you're pretty much right. It's 2.2, 2.2 2 something. Yeah. 2.2. 2. Um These What are else we got here? Uh, uh Um recently Okay, this one's this one's great. Number 42, recently, physicist Eric Goff reviewed clips of Zion Williamson charges for the Wall Street Journal. He calculated the force of a Zion Williamson charge and decided that it was equivalent to a Jeep moving at what speed?
1: (laughs) This is a real question. I'm Uh, like, did John Brinkus make this up? Uh, All right. (laughs) Let me see. A cheetah moving at what speed? That's what they said? It's moving at- A Jeep. uh, A Jeep car. A Jeep. Uh, uh, Yeah, car. Oh, I thought it was a cheetah. Okay, well, this is this is more palatable as a jeep. I'd say a jeep is going sixty-four miles per hour. Final answer.
0: <laughs> it was it was ten miles an hour, but if you guess oh, okay. over, you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, John John Brink has thought it was going ninety-five, so uh, he get, okay. I got you. It's going somewhere. Last in this one.
0: Week. This is this is my favorite question on the entire test. Question number forty-four. Who sponsored the tournament Duke played in over Thanksgiving break and what is their main product? <laughs> if that doesn't tell you Duke is in the bag. Oh my god. And, and just that's the, a the capitalism is on, on the questionnaire.
1: Like the, some company paid money to be on the questionnaire right there. I wish it was Bad Boy Mowers, but I know that's the Bahamas. Uh I can't remember who did Maui this year. I would I would just write the, the I nurse, don't I don't do sponsored questions.
0: You don't have to. It's. I'm pretty sure it's Maui Jim. It's always Maui Jim. The sunglasses, but um, just the fact that they're asking that's hilarious. It's just like it, the, question number. That was question 44. Question 45 is how do you feel about capitalism? <laughs>
2: <laughs> great. Uh, anyway, there you go.
0: It's you did. You did poorly, us. Tate. You did poorly. uh I'm sure that's I, pretty news for you. But that is the the Shakesville questionnaire. A little sampling. Um. I had a couple things too, before we go, uh, Kevin Porter jr. Back for USC had the thigh bruise. Uh, has been, he missed like seven games. I want to say came back, played one game and he's gone. It's gone. He, uh, was suspended indefinitely for conduct issues, quote unquote, which, um, I don't know. You can probably deduce what that means. Uh, if they keep the guy around, but he also was made a, a dumb mistake. That's very easily avoidable. Um, I don't know. I kind of have, I've kind of arrived on what I think happened, but I'm not going to say it because laws exist that I could get sued for that kind of shit. So I'm not going to say it, but yeah, that's something that happened. So uh, he's suspended indefinitely.
1: He'd have such a good year at Pitt.
0: Suspended indefinitely uh, in my extremely trolling Duke voice. What does that mean? One game? (laughs) There we go. Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. Also, Jalen Fisher is out for the foreseeable future, is the quote. He hurt his knee that he hurt before the season. Uh, it's it's just it's sad news in Fort Worth for my beloved Horn Frogs. Um, but this, it's, it's, it's kind of good, though. Like Now, if they suck this year, we'll just blame it on this. Injury problems. They've been banged up. Um, just want to pour one out for Jalen Fisher. Who knows when he's coming back. Uh, that sucks for TCU. So that's another shout-out I want to give.
1: Yeah, I'd, uh, I else? hate to hear that because I, uh, I'm i a big fan of Jalen Fisher, but we saw the brace underneath. Uh, he, he was the one that, that showed us that you could wear braces underneath the uh, the leg wrap or whatever, so or the leg sleeve, to make sure so people don't know that you have a brace on. But that's never a good sign. Mm-hmm. I got one more shout-out. Uh, the Thunder will, rec- will retire Nick Collison's number. Uh, and I just want to say Wait, that what? is a big... That is a big win for college basketball that Nick Collison, great college basketball player, goes to the NBA, sits on the bench as basically an assistant coach for 14 years, plays a little bit a few times, but for the most part, sits and coaches and they're going to retire his number, number four with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So big win for college basketball. Congratulations, Nick.
0: I I love this precedent of retiring Benchwarmers jerseys. Um, If it wants to trickle down to the college game, maybe a certain Big Ten school wants to follow suit. uh, I think that would be awesome. I'm not going to name names, but uh, I like this. I like this precedent that's being set here.
1: Um, Yeah, that'd be awesome, Joey Lane. I,
0: Um, I had a couple more things. Uh, First of all, Fox. Have you seen this, folks? Have you heard this? Uh, Fox is playing Roundball Rock during. uh, They bought the rights to John Tesh's Roundball Rock. You know, you know Roundball Rock, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. That
0: one? Um, yes. Beautiful. They're also, but I'm, I'm watching the, uh, I was watching the IU, the, the first part of the IU game is IU was, let's take a live score update. They are down 10 currently with four minutes left. Oof, looks like the Hoosiers are going to lose this one. Um. I was watching the start of the IU game. They go to commercial and the Fox was playing, Fox was playing the NFL music as well, which I had in my head until we started the podcast. And now I forget it. What is the Fox NFL music? But they were playing it. I, I recognized it immediately.
1: Shit. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm got play you. I'm pl- I'm playing it. Um, I'm playing it for you.
0: Play it. Play it for us, Tate. Ba-ba-bum. Ba-ba-bum. Yeah, that Ba-ba-bum. one. There it is. Yeah. yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I like it. They're iconic songs, but at the same time, like, come on. Can we get? Can we? Can we, can we, can we get some original content here, Fox? FS1's coverage? I don't know. Just a thought. Um, and then I wanted to shout out Michigan. I said it at the top of the show. Michigan is officially 17-0. Uh, Brad Underwood, after Michigan beat Illinois, this was they, they just beat Northwestern for the second time, their Illinois game. We, we talked about it on the previous spot. I forgot to mention that Brad Underwood, after that game, Tate, said in his postgame press conference that Xavier Simpson not only is the best player on Michigan, uh, which was relevant because you and I had the discussion about who, who was Michigan's best player, he said yes. that Xavier Simpson is currently the MVP of the Big Ten and should win Big Ten Player of the Year. So that's a thing that happened. And uh, that will that will be fun to be mad about all year. Although I should say, Xavier Simpson playing out of his mind right now, him and Teskey are kind of uh, carrying the offense. But come on, let's be real people, please. Please,
1: but it also it also just goes to show that like you can do these little things where he's the MVP of his team. You just say these different phrases where you're like, does that mean he's the best player or whatever? But you know, if you keep using mm-hmm. different little monikers, like, he's the MVP, but not not necessarily the best player on his team or yada yada yada. Uh, you can keep things rolling like that. So smart play by Brett Underwood, uh, very savvy move. Uh,
0: oh shit! Oh shit! I forgot the I forgot to mention the story of college basketball. John Rostin killed a mouse.
1: <laughs> what do you mean he killed a mouse? I forgot, like to, I forgot mouse? to mention that.
0: So yeah, Seth Davis tweets just out of the blue, out of nowhere on Saturday. I think it was Seth Davis tweets. Just for the record, a mouse has been crawling through the newsroom here at CBS Sports Network, and John Rosting just killed it with the top of a recycling bin. It was cold blooded. <laughs> He's
2: like Jack that is Nicholson the story of, the of college
0: basketball. That is unbelievable. I forgot to mention that at the top. We that that show, We should have spent the whole. Kyle, delete the show. We're starting the show over. We got to talk <laughs> right. about just that. This motherfucker killed a mouse with a recycling bin. Tate, isn't it? What did he it a rat do with the carcass? If it's
1: outside, I think he killed a rat.
0: It, it was inside. It was in the newsroom, and he used to recycle it like a. I'm assuming it was oh, like a smaller
2: uh, little bin. Oh yeah. my goodness! And they just stomped on it, and
1: yeah. And well, then, here comes Peter. Did he leave the carcass there. Yeah, poor guy. We'll
2: get more info on the limited podcast series that comes out about it.
1: yeah we'll check on that (laughs) we'll check on Recycle Rat uh, cousin of Pizza Rat All right, uh, I got nothing else you got anything else I got nothing else other than the the fact that we have so many guys that we talked about and so many other things that we couldn't even really get to but we will get to on Friday right we're coming back on Friday
0: we are coming back on Friday Uh, I'm recording this in my office at my house by the way and since we're, we're saying goodbye Moses just walked up here my dog my beautiful golden retriever um, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try something for fun. This could be a new sign off if it's worse. Let's try it, Moses. Say goodbye.
2: Speak. Speak. Speak.
0: Speak. Speak.
2: And
1: that's the podcast. Speak. 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 He was like, "I'm not your Chester."
2: I can put it. put a dog bark in there if you want. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> put like a Scooby. Put Speak. like a Scooby-Doo dog bark, like one that's definitely Speak. a cartoon. Speak. Speak. All
2: right.
1: Keep this. Keep all this. Shit. All right. We lose. See you
0: guys.
1: (laughs) That's good. All
0: right, Tate. This has never happened as far as I know in the history of our podcast, in the long, illustrious history of One Shiny Podcast. And even going back to the teed up days, I can't remember a time. We've done emergency podcasts before. We have never done a non-emergency podcast and then an emergency podcast and tacked the emergency on the non-emergency. this is breaking ground. This is Unbelievable what's what's happened. And it can only be one thing that can make us do this, and it is the Duke Blue Devils losing at home.
1: Yes. After after Coach K finally sets the record, he breaks John Wooden's record of 122 straight weeks at number one. They avoid uh, the pitfall at Florida State. We talked about that earlier in the podcast. And then we got the Syracuse game, which as I'm watching it, you're texting me, you're telling me, Uh well if they lose, we gotta talk about this. It's gonna happen. And I'm you know, I've I've seen this story so many times before where you know, Duke is in a position where it looks like everything's going to go wrong. But again, they're playing Cameron in the They got the Cameron crazies. And once it goes to overtime, I'm pretty much assured. I was on the phone with my parents at the time. And they're, we're, we're all talking. We're just like, well, Duke's going to win by 15. You know, if it goes to overtime, Duke's going to win by 15. And I think the, as hard as I reverse jinx that into existence, uh, Jim Bayheim and the boys, despite him possibly pissing his pants. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe and maybe and maybe we all jim beheim because we are all so excited that we that we just lost our minds we're like puppies at play here at Cameron indoor uh they get the win uh they beat the number one team in the country jim beheim is going crazy he didn't have to rip his jacket and sell for fourteen thousand dollars this time around he gets to just enjoy the win for once uh so i mean just just look at that dude goes down and i I'm still in shock honestly because it just happened we just saw yeah it you were
0: you, you definitely had the uh, the Carolina fan um, mindset as the game was winding down as we were texting each other of, of, I've seen this movie way too many times in Cameron Indoor Stadium. There's no way this team is losing. It's just not happening. And I'm texting you trying to set it up, set it up doing the very podcast we're doing right now, and you're like, there's no point. Don't even worry about it. We'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> Tyus Battle. What if I told you that Tyus Stone's was not actually Tyus Jones. There mm. was a Tyus. There's a new Tyus Stones in Cameron Indoor Stadium, and his last name was actually Battle. Ooh. That dude was hitting some very dumb shots. And uh, what do he finish with? Thirty two was it?
1: Yeah, I yeah. think it was like twelve for twenty six from the field. Thirty two points, something like that. Uh, the biggest ad that stuck out to me. I mean, we're, we're I'm completely jumping back over to the other side. I'm going straight blue when I talk of about this. Is <laughs> Jack White 0 for ten from three? That right was, after I
0: hyped up the jack-off oh. of the the Virginia Duke, you know, in, in a weird way though, this might make the jack-off more salacious because Jack White, you got to figure he's not going over again. He's going to be ready for the for the jackoff. Maybe that's what he was. He was just saving all of his uh all of this makes for the, the big jack off on Saturday. Are I, you saying say that. are you over,
1: saying that they're manufacturing controversy for the for the big Virginia win on Saturday? Because if I'm a Virginia mm, fan, I think this is the worst thing that could have happened because you're just waiting, you're hoping that Duke doesn't go down, you know, before they come oh to my town. God. And then dude, it happens.
0: Dude, if Duke beats Virginia by like, say, seventeen or something. Is Duke the number one team in the country on Monday? <laughs> exactly. I think
1: they are. That's the funniest part about it. It's like they have the perfect game to follow. And and did you did you see after this one, as soon as it gets done, I mean, they they cut back to Billis and you know and McDermott and they're they're talking about the situation. And he goes, you know, maybe it's Zion. Zion's just looking ahead to that Saturday showdown. You know what I mean? They just, they, yeah, right, right. It wasn't that they lost. They just got ahead of themselves. They were Dude, looking ahead. That's what it was. You got
0: add to that, add that one to your arsenal as a Carolina fan. You, you got smoked by Louisville. It's because you were looking ahead to March. You're looking ahead <laughs> to the, the Duke game coming up here in a few months. Yeah, we saw
1: <laughs> Krzyzewskiville getting built out and uh, got excited. <laughs> oh, um, man.
0: Jack White, over not just over 10, over 10 from the three-point line.
1: That's what I'm saying. Well. You
0: yeah. know, all these stat nerds say... You know, I, I, I've, I've read... I, I'm on the internet. I, I read articles. The stat nerds say the three-point shot is the best shot to take in basketball because it's worth more than two. But here's what they fail to realize. It's only worth three if it goes in, Jack White. You <laughs> have to make those three-point shots. 0 for 10 from the three-point line. That 11th one was going in, and it's just a damn shame that we did not get a chance to see it tonight. Um, how about this? Do you have the box score in front of you? Because if you don't, don't look at it.
1: I, I do not have it in front of me, now.
0: Okay. I, okay. Uh, how many shot attempts from RJ Barrett tonight if you had to guess because I'm looking right at it and All right. my Tw- god I'm gonna what gonna go- a number
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the line is 25 and a half so I'm going to go 25 Tate get prepared for this no way the
0: number he made 8 field goal attempts he took 30 jeez <laughs> he was 4 for 17 from the 3 point line
1: Kobe Barrett Holy-
0: That's exactly right. Jack White and RJ Barrett were combined four for twenty-seven from the three-point line. I mean, shit, the team was nine for forty-three. Duke shot forty-three threes. That's the that's the Syracuse zone, man. Like, obviously, we I didn't watch. We we were recording the podcast. Like, I wasn't watching most of the game, but I can tell you what happened. Uh, just from watching the last few possessions, they just swing the ball around. We call it the uh, the junior high basketball coaches call it the windshield wiper zone offense. And then you just throw the ball around or the arc and then you jack up a three. I'm i I'm guessing that's probably what happened a lot of tonight.
1: And you kept waiting for, for the moment for them to be able to make an entry pass into Zion because Zion was kind of roaming the middle of the paint. It worked in the first half. I think Zion had like 20 points in the first half. And then in the second half when everything got tight and they had to make the passes, obviously they have the perfect cop-out. But this is the best thing that's ever happened to the other two freshmen, which is Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. So Trey Jones goes oh. down six minutes into the game. Cam Reddish doesn't play. Uh, and without those two guys in the second half, you kind of saw in crunch time where it was Alex O'Connell dribbling at the top of the zone being like, uh, all right, guys, I have 16 points. My career high is someone else going to do something or am I going to have to create a <laughs> shot for myself? You know what I mean? It, it was one of those what weird a, situations.
0: This is, this is just further proof that Syracuse is the knuckleball of college basketball, that two, three zone. I mean, th- these stat lines from Duke are just staggering. With, with RJ Barrett, shoots 30 times, but at the same time, he goes for 23, 16 rebounds, and 9 assists, which is just stupid. That's just like a stupid <laughs> stat line. Jack White is 0 for 10, but he has 6 rebounds and 5 assists. And fouls out also. And it's like, what? what? So is that a good game or not? Like, obviously not, 0 for 10 and fouled out, but 5 assists, that's pretty good for Jack White. Um, Zion gets 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 block shots. Uh Alex O'Connell goes for sixteen points. Justin Robinson put up a nice oh he had a foul. Never mind. I thought he had a trillion. Oh wow. Um yeah, so close. I mean fuck Bolden Bolden had five block shots, twelve points, eleven rebounds. Like what a weird stat line from everybody that played in this game for Duke. And, yeah, dude, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish is the happy. He's the big winner tonight. He's yeah, this, been shit on. <laughs> All season, because he's he was supposed to be on the same footing as, as as Zion and RJ Barrett. He's obviously not been that good offensively. We should say defensively, he's been one of the best perimeter defenders in the country. Leads his um, team
1: in steals. They'll they yeah, let you know he's, that
0: he's been great uh, defensively, but offensively, a lot of people are scratching their heads. You're, you're watching the mock drafts. It used to be at the uh, early in the season, it was one, two, three, all the three Duke guys. Uh, Cam Reddish is slipping down into the late lottery for some people. Um, then he hits the game winning shot against Florida State and then he doesn't play and they lose. That is a great couple days for Cam Reddish. Yeah, he's, a, he's secretly very happy about this.
1: Yeah, it's good for the Reddish brand. It's also one of those things where if you if you look at the uh the storylines that will come out of this one, obviously coach K the first thing he'll bring up is how much they miss Trey. That'll be the first thing he mm. says. I mean, I haven't watched the press conference, but I know that'll be the first thing that he brings up. So we we have to expect that. I think this will end up as much as it is a huge win for Syracuse. This is like a, I mean, what do they what do they call those resume builders? Uh, so he gets mm. one, of, they get one of those with Bayheim and that crowd. But Duke's going to have the cop out of like we didn't have two of our four best players and Trey Jones being you know the leader, the, the quote unquote leader of the team, not having him out there. You could tell the difference. But I I honestly was shocked because Syracuse did a lot of stuff to shoot themselves. In the foot. I mean, they were missing dunks, jumping up and like goaltending themselves, taking bad threes, rushing shots, but so was Duke because they, yeah. you know, the, the zone was the problem. We knew it would be a problem, but um, it, it was just wild to me that it continued. I, I K just didn't seem like he had an answer, you know, no matter who he put he put gold wire out there, all these other guys to try to find someone to make the right smart play. O'Connell had a really bad turnover late in that game that led to a steal and a easy layup on the other end that kind of sealed it. So I, uh, I, I just kind of can't believe that they, that Duke played. So they played like they were on the road in overtime, you know what I mean? As, instead yeah, instead of did. being at home. So that was, that was kind of the interesting part.
0: Let the record show. Go, some go on. Go back in the archives. We should make Kyle do this and just uh, uh just give him. That'd, that'd be a huge pain in the ass to make him figure out where you said this. But I, I vividly remember you saying we were talking about going into conference play. Uh, we were talking about Duke and whether Duke, you know, we we, we we liked what we've seen so far, but conference play is a different animal and maybe those freshmen have some hiccups or something. And I remember Tate Frazier saying the words. You never know what that Syracuse zone might do to like Zion. <laughs> like they're gonna shoot a lot of threes. I, I I vividly remember you saying something about the Syracuse zone. So uh, we gotta pull that. We gotta give you a, an excellence in journalism, Duffy, for uh, calling your shot on this one. Yeah, you nos, did. You did the you...
1: Nostradamus award. You know the yeah, Nostradamus. Award. I know I know. <laughs> no I, I know when it's gonna happen. I can feel it. I uh I honestly <laughs> swear to God day I did not think that it would happen. It just felt like for whatever reason Duke was gonna find a way to win. I saw, you know, Chris Carowell's on the sideline, you know, caressing Zion going into overtime, and I'm like, okay, they're gonna win. But it but it started. I mean, they tipped it right to Frank Howard for a lay-in, or might have been Brissett for a lay-in to open overtime. And even from the jump, I was like, that was uh not what I was expecting as far as intensity and uh, it, it didn't really work out from there, and I'm I'm sort of just excited to see what happened. What Duke team shows up against Virginia? Are they going to be pissed off about this? or Are they going to be kind of shaking their yeah. boots a little bit?
0: Also, speaking of now that I hear it out loud again, uh, is the is the UMBC kid going to the game? That'll be something to keep. Going. <laughs> yeah. Remember that the the cow guy's UMBC. I forgot about that thing. Mara, Bring uh, him. KJ Mara. Yeah, oh yeah, KJ Mara. That was his name. That's right. Um, the other big winner tonight, other than Syracuse. Your Ohio State Buckeyes who lost at home to Syracuse, uh, we're just we're just as good as Duke. All, all we need now is for Duke to lose at Rutgers and we're back. The Buckeyes yeah, you, are back. That was a quality. The Syracuse loss is a quality loss, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's that's go. Right. <laughs> let's
1: That's a that's a quad one loss.
0: We we're, were looking ahead to the whatever games we have coming up as <laughs> we've been looking ahead. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. Anything else before we go?
1: I uh, just want to say one more thing about the fact that, you know, Jim Beheim, we got to figure out what happened to his pants. I don't know. We, we really do have to do that. Yeah, we that came to, out. this This might be our new. This might be the mystery. This might be the Jim Beheim mystery this season to figure out will. what happened to his pants on the sideline. I don't care either way. I'm happy for him. He does. If if there was ever a time to piss your pants, it's when you beat the best team in the country.
2: Yeah,
0: right. We again. We are recording this part of the podcast right after the buzzer sounded. So if if stuff comes out from uh, Pissgate, is that what they're calling it? Uh, <laughs> yes. Hashtag I think so. Pissgate. Yes. Uh, if if Kay has like a funny press conference moment, all, all that sort of stuff. We will cover it on the next pod on Friday. Uh, we, we just wanted to get immediate reactions. Quick emergency podcast. Um, and we did that, Tate. We did that. Shout out to Buddy Beheim, Played barely any minutes at all. Hit a three, though. Scored more points than Jack White. Congrats, Buddy Beheim.
1: Congratulations, you. Buddy. Way to go. And also, um, uh, Dolezage took a charge from Zion Williamson. So that's like taking a Jeep 10 miles per hour, right? I, 10, so, <laughs> 10 so, miles per so, hour. So, so we'll, we'll check on Dolezage to make sure he's okay after taking that, uh, <laughs> taking that hit from Zion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is—he's out for the year. Yeah, he's, he's, been, a, run over, he's been run his over. His injury—he's been run over by a car.
1: <laughs> do, Dolazaj got ran over by a five star. Is the new grandma get ran over by a reindeer?
2: <laughs> oh god! All right, that's
0: the podcast. We'll be back on Friday. Mose, you want to try this again? Speak, Mose. Come on, Mose. Moses, do it. Speak. Shit. All right. See you guys Friday.
1: Thanks again to Proper Cloth. You've made a list of resolutions, but how realistic is it? This year, set a realistic goal. Wear a shirt that actually fits. From collar to cuff, Proper Cloth makes it easy to get a shirt that fits. Every shirt is made to order, so it's guaranteed to fit you. Go to propercloth.com shining and use gift code shining to save $20 off your first shirt today. That's propercloth.com slash shining.